This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. your Bible with me, would you, to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, great passage of Scripture. Just hold that open, and in a few moments, we will read that passage together. The title of this message is Courage, Challenge, and Commitment. Amen? Courage, Challenge, and Commitment. There's no doubt about it that we are living in days that are a prophetic fulfillment of God's Word, and there is a battle going on for our nation. Listen, friend, Christians need to wake up and realize that there is a battle going on, not only in the heavens, but also in the physical realm in which we are living. The way the enemy is working in these days is very crafty and subtle, and we should recognize the warfare in the realm of the spirit. You know, if we could have a glimpse just for a split second or moments of what is happening in the realm of the spirit, I believe we would suddenly become more active and more determined to play our part in serving Jesus. We are definitely living in challenging days. How do we respond to that challenge in our hearts? Well, as true men and women of God, we need to respond to the situation. And I feel that I want, I desire this message to encourage you to come up to a higher level as we serve the Lord. I believe we must arise and be strong in the Lord. Amen? Arise and be strong in the Lord. I believe we must be filled with courage and determination to hold fast to God. Amen? Through every trial, every storm, we hold fast in faith, depending upon the Lord. And then we must live in obedience with no compromise. Live in obedience with no compromise. I'm asking the question, how do we do this? I want to lay the challenge down by looking at Joshua, a great warrior and soldier. We're going to look at the beginning of his life, his greatest years, and his final moments of life on earth, where he communicates the most important message of his life to those people who were listening to his voice and us through the Word of God. As we walk through the message, I'm asking, Lord, help me to appropriate this. Help me to bring an application to our lives as we are called to live in this Joshua generation. Amen? This is the Joshua generation. So let me begin by taking you to the beginning of his greatest years. Amen. Here we come in chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. You know, sometimes something has to die, finish, conclude in order for God to bring something new and fresh. And God works like that in dispensations of time as he unfolds his plan and his will. And that's exciting, my friend. God is creative, he's active, and he can bring us into new days and new seasons as we walk through our own lives. Amen? And Joshua came into such a time. He says, now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. 
Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river to the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. I love this, friends, because, you know, this is not only prophetic of Joshua, it's prophetic of Jesus, that no one was able and will ever be able in time or in eternity to successfully come against the great warrior, the Lord Jesus Christ himself the commander of the host Jesus. Isn't it exciting this morning to know that you are on the right side? You're following the greatest leader, the new king, the new leader that we spoke about last night as we spend time together. Moses' dispensation, the time of law was over, the time of grace is shadowed and spoken of as we unveil the scriptures here this morning in Joshua's experience of God. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Imagine what happened in Joshua's spirit as all this responsibility was suddenly upon his shoulders. He'd always known that Moses was present. He'd always known Moses like a father in the faith to him. And then suddenly the word of God comes, Moses, my servant is dead. Now you arise and begin to do what I have called you to do. And I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. What an inspiring word that was into the warrior that was about to serve the Lord with all of his heart. Amen. I love this passage of scripture. Many times when any sense of uh, lowness or discouragement comes in my heart, immediately I've learned to come to the word of God. You say, pastor, do you get that? Well, you do at times when you're facing real life, but friends, it never lasts for a moment. Because the moment any sense or feeling or anything like that comes into your spirit and mind, we come back to the Word of God. And we read passage of scriptures like this, where it says, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Hallelujah. But be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Hallelujah. I love that because Joshua had to have the word of God in his mouth. Amen. That he would speak it like a sword in the authority of God. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, get the word in your mouth this morning. Amen. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate it on it day and night so that you may be, be, may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. You know, many, many people in this age, they think about prosperous and successful about the bank balance. Uh, you know, that's very, very, that's not mainly on God's heart for you. Amen. When it talks about successful and prospering, it talks about the success and the prospering of our souls. Amen. Our spiritual life, our relationship with God. Those things will come anyway. God knows the things you have need of. He will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. But his prospering of soul was on the heart of God. Prospering happens when we are completing and fulfilling the will of God. Amen. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Before I start, 
Look at that. A beautiful, unused. The Lord tells him here, I will give you every place where you put your foot. What's the appropriation of life to us? It is this, the power and the activity of God in and upon you. It's just so simple, isn't it? That this speaks of the power and the activity of the Almighty in you and upon you. Many, many people think about the Holy Spirit and they wait for those moments when he comes in intensity, in the presence and that moment, maybe in prayer or, or moments like that. But friends, it's great to be able to stand with you this morning and, and preach and say, this is the activity of God constantly and daily upon you. Amen? And then no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. What's the appropriation? This is the power of and the authority of God upon you and in you, where it says no weapon formed against you will prosper or stand. Amen. It may well be that you are under attack. We talked last night about the fact that the enemy will always try to oppress uh, and destroy, but that Jesus has come that we might have life and life to the full. Amen. And I think we as a church need to wake up to the authority that we carry in God. Amen. His power brings authority in us. And then as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Appropriation, the power and presence of God moving through your life. I want to ask you, you know, arise in your expectation that God's presence is with you and cultivate that. Learn to uh, practice that. Learn to uh, allow that to arise in your heart. That's beyond your feelings, beyond your emotions. That's beyond what you would naturally move in. That wonderful, sweet presence of God moving through your life. And then I will never leave you or forsake you. The appropriation is that God God will be with you in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm or the eternal realm. He will never leave you or forsake you. Let that settle in your heart and bring you peace. Amen. And so as he spoke these words, we all recognize we have actions and responsibilities that come with that declaration. They come with the call of God and they come with the promises of God. And so the Lord instructs Joshua on certain vital areas. He instructs him how he he wants him to be. Amen. God knows how he wants you to be. Secondly, he knows what he wants you to do. And thirdly, what he does not want Joshua to do. And so he responds to the challenge that he will lead the people into victory. Amen. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous and be careful to obey the word. Do everything written in it, the law of God. Put into practice the word of God in your life. Do not turn to the left or the right. means do not deviate from God's path. Amen. We are prone in our human nature to try and work out all the detail, uh, aren't we? We are so prone. We want to know how everything's going to happen. Sometimes we say, Lord, just tell me exactly. Would it be an awful lot simpler if you just told me exactly what was going to happen in the future? But the promise of God is if we keep to his word, he will keep us on his path. Do not deviate from the path. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Don't just love the book. Get the word of God in your mind, your spirit, and your mouth. Then do not be 
terrified. You know, from this word terrified, we get our word terrorism. Uh, and I think in this age, this is tremendously significant for the church. Last night I was speaking, saying that we're in a time when so much is being set on the world stage for the coming of the Lord. So many things that we are going to see, previous generations would have never seen, especially for our children and our grandchildren. And in these days, it is awesome to be able to say, the Lord has said to me, do not be terrified. Amen. Do not be filled with fear when you see things happening across the face of the earth because the Lord is with you. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Amen and amen. And then do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. Turn to your neighbor and say, do not be discouraged. You know, the word discouraged means do not be deprived, do not be dissuaded, do not allow anything to obstruct what God wants to bring through for you. The enemy seeks to undermine, he seeks to pull down and bring destruction to your hope, your confidence, and your expectation of God. But we must operate in the opposite spirit. I, I've learned on my pathway as I've walked with God that whenever that spirit tries to pull me down or bring destruction or remove hope or confidence or the encouragement of God in my spirit. I've learned to operate in faith in the other, in the other department, in the other spirit. Amen. So learning to be encouraged as opposed to be discouraged. To be encouraged means to be, forgive me, it's from the Hebrew, it means stout. Uh, it, it means put your chest out, stand up strong, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be built up in your faith. It means be bold and take authority in the name of Jesus. For this is beyond just having a positive disposition. I, I was with Pastor Colin Dye once from Kensington Temple in London. And he said to me, he said, Paul, he said, I don't know what it is. He said, there isn't a negative bone in your body. Uh, and I said, yes, that's right. But you know, that's maybe my natural disposition. But that will not help me when anything of the enemy comes against me in the spirit. Because only by the encouragement of God and the spirit of God bringing his strength and his authority and his power am I able to come. You will never overcome a spiritual enemy by flesh. You will never overcome a spiritual attack by moving in the strength of your own will and your own spirit. It takes the spirit of God to implement the defeat of Jesus through you. And he does that by the authority of God in your heart, your mind, and your mouth in the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. Is there any Pentecostals out there? So be encouraged and let that encouragement produce activity in keeping with the purpose of God for you. And so I now want to move into chapter 6 of Joshua. Joshua chapter 6. Because if ever there's an example about victory, hallelujah, I love this, whoa! Uh, if ever there's an ex Old Testament example of victory, it's, it's when the walls of Jericho collapsed. The high walls, the barrier, the hindrance from the people of God to go in and possess and take possession of what God had already said was theirs. Amen. And that's the same for the church, isn't it? All these things that God 
God has said, wherever you put your foot, you bring the government and the rulership of God. But there has to be activity to be able to possess what God has said is ours already. So in this encouraging spirit, this anointing and this strength that was over Joshua, he was able to lead the people of God. Let's look at it in chapter 6. Well, let's come from chapter 5 and verse 13. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither. I find that strange, do you? That's a strange verse, that, isn't it? Dave, you're a theologian. You can explain to it after I've finished. Glory to God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me laughing, I'll never stop. Neither, he replied, but the as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? What a great question that is, isn't it? What an amazing question to bring to God. What what message do you have for your servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was tightly shut because of the Israelites. No one went out, no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. Look at the faith. Look at the faith there because nothing had happened and yet God is saying, I've delivered this city into your hands. Don't you just love that level of message from God? Along with its king and its fighting men, march round the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets and of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times. When the priests blow in the trumpets, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. What did they have to do? Shout. Amen. I think they were a bunch of raving Pentecostals. <laughs> then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. When we look at how Joshua operated, it's fascinating. First of all, he looked up. You know, we need to learn to look up from where we are. Very often the Christian can be looking at all the issues and the problems and the mountains and the impossible situations we are facing. But Joshua, first of all, he looked up. Begin from right where you are to look up and see the face of God. Seek the face of God. Secondly, he reverenced God by moving in true humility. I love that humble spirit and that humble heart that is willing to come and kneel before the Lord in moments of intimate worship. Hallelujah. Whether you're in your home, in your lounge, or by your bed, or whether you're in this place, that transparency and openness before God to be able to kneel before him. I, I've probably told you this once before, but years ago, Miriam and I were staying with her grandparents, and they were such godly people. He was a Methodist local preacher for 40 years, even got the certificate on the wall, Pastor Dave, to prove. Uh, and he was such a godly man. He loved God. He really knew God. He was truly born again. And uh, towards the end of his life, he went totally blind. 
Uh, and Miriam and I used to go and see them and just love them and bless them. Uh, and one night he'd gone to bed and uh, Miriam and I were down talking with Gran and then we helped her upstairs and then we went into our room and I came out of the room to go to the bathroom. And as I walked past his room, the door was slightly ajar and I looked in and I saw him kneeling in humility by his bed and he began to speak he had no awareness that I was there I was trying to be quiet and I've got to tell you I was gripped by the anointing and I just paused and it was like I glimpsed into the, the, the man's spiritual life just for a few moments and the words that came out of his mouth were just so humble so childlike and yet so full of adoration and so full of worship. And I actually said in my heart, Lord, I want to be like that when I'm an old man. Just being able to kneel before you in moments of adoration and moments of worship. And I want to tell you something happened in Joshua that day because it's a reflection of the same moment that happened for Moses where that simple little thorn bush was ablaze with the glory of God in the wilderness. And as he stood there from right within the voice, the, the bush, which is an actual shadow of the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ, full of the fire of God. And as Moses stood before that little thorn bush, the voice said, take off your shoes because where you are standing is holy ground. And this is exactly the same thing that the Lord, the commander of the chief, it's Jesus. It, it's Jesus. It's not just the, the Almighty in the sense of the Trinity. It's Jesus himself before he was uh, formed as a man coming in human flesh. And in that moment, he stood before him, take off your shoes. And the reverence and the humility that came over Joshua that day was actually one of the key things that allowed God to bring the victory in the city. Hallelujah. Church, whatever we do, let's never allow spiritual arrogance and pride to be so in us that we become so strong and bombastic that we're unwilling to listen to anybody else, but allow the grace and the mercy of God to just train us and equip us. And those things that happened that day for Joshua were part of his preparation to be able to lead a nation of God's people into the victory that God had for him. Hallelujah. He put himself on his face before God and he took off his shoes. He inquired of the Lord. He acknowledged where he was standing. He was standing before the Almighty. He recognized the place where he was standing and took off his shoes. What a connection with Moses. He obeyed the commander of the army of the Lord down to the fine detail. Hallelujah. I think God is very specific at times. Very specific. And whatever we do, we mustn't deviate from the path. And then six, here he led the people in praise and thanksgiving for the victory, even before it was manifest. Hallelujah. Isn't that marvelous? That's faith, isn't it? That's real faith, where we are thanking God and praising and exalting him with all confidence, courage, and strength. Even before we see God bring it to pass, we are able to rejoice in the Lord. Morning, you can be like this. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you can be like this. 
You know, Joshua was never defeated. He, he was never defeated. But he never saw the full victory over the enemy in the land. And that was very uh, specific because only the eternal Joshua could come and bring the ultimate victory over Satan and uh, bring the people of God into the real land of promise that God had scheduled for us. Amen. So these were the greatest days, some of the greatest days of Joshua's life. And then, secondly, final moments on earth. Amen. Friend, how you start is absolutely vital, but how you finish is perhaps even more important. And the Apostle Paul said, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He had fought the good fight of faith. You know, I've discovered something. I, I, I've been around people who've maybe had the worst news they could ever hear in their life about their health, being told that, you know, in the natural, there's only got, they've only got so long left. And I've discovered something. When anybody receives a message like that, they suddenly get serious about God. They suddenly get serious about their spiritual life. I remember one young man, uh, you know, several times I'd had to go and visit him and his wife over problems and things in their home and uh, how he was and the anger and all the stuff that was in the man, the way he was looking at the children, treating the children and all those things. Pastor Dave, you know what it's like when you're pastoring a difficult, sensitive situation. And I remember spending time with that young man. I used to weep with him, and he used to weep with me over his character and his nature and the, and the, and the mess that was in his home. And then one day he rang me up. He said, Pastor, I need to come and see you. And I said, just come, just come. He knocked on my door. I said, come in, come in. And my wife and I, Miriam and I, we sat with him. And he said, Pastor Paul, this is what the news is. I've, I've got so many months to live. And, and that's the situation. And I've got to say to you, we, uh, we believed for the miracle. We stood with them. And I've got to be open and honest and say to you, we never saw that happen. We never saw that fully manifest. But one day I was in that hospital and, and I was with him when he went to be with Jesus. And I held his hand while he took his last breath. And him's wife and I, we just cradled him together as he went to be with Jesus. And I want to tell you, in the three months from getting that news to when he took his last breath. I've never seen a man so hungry for God and so determined to love his wife and bless his children and do what was right. He used to stand at the front of our church. And I tell you, if you stood next to him, you had to be very careful you didn't get a right hook because he was so in love with Jesus, he'd stand there and go bang like this with his hands. And I remember one little lady just getting the top of her hat suddenly spun across the church <laughs> and we all laughed and we, we rejoiced together but I want to tell you those arms were open he was a different man from the moment that he got that news and, and as I look back and reflect on I think Lord we need to be like that without that news we, we need to be men and women of courage that will really press through in, into everything that God's got and we need to finish well we need to run the race and we need to do everything, complete everything God has called us to do. I say this to be able to communicate one line with you. Forgive me, guys. I, I want to focus on you this morning a little bit now. And ladies, I ask for your grace. The fallout rate with men 
in the church right now is just far too high. And we need to pay particular attention to the men of God. Guys, I want you to go home today, this afternoon. I want you to read Joshua chapter 23, Joshua chapter 24. And I pray God will minister to us as we read those passages of Scripture. As we read the final challenge of Joshua that he laid before the people. Open your Bible with me, would you, to Joshua 23. Joshua 23. It's good to see people with hard copies of the Bible. Most of the time it's iPads and iPhones. Don't be embarrassed if you've got one and you're using it. I just love to see people carrying the big back, big book under their arm. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. And this is what it says here. Because Joshua is saying his farewells to leaders. After a long time had passed and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then old and well advanced in years, something similar to Pastor Dave. <laughs> oh, yeah. actually, Dave. And she says to me, she's ordered you one of them Shackleton high seat chairs, just to bless you. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. We arrived, in the, uh, uh, we arrived at the airport and Dave met us and we went to the uh, machines to pay for the parking and Dave dropped his money. <laughs> okay. And uh, this lovely young looking young lady went down and picked it all up for him. <laughs> and he said to me, white, hair's a, white hair has an influence. <laughs> Love it. Glory to God. <laughs> oh, dear, dear. <laughs> Wonderful. Where was I before you interrupted me, Dave? <laughs> Joshua is old <laughs> and well advanced in years. And he summoned all Israel, their leaders, their judges and officials, and said to them, I am old and well advanced in years. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sakes. Good to reflect and think about what the Lord has done for you. Amen? Isn't it? Good to look back and remember that, ah, you may not have even been aware of it, but in that trial, in that storm, in that moment, in that victory, God in his all-knowing and all-seeing and all-powerful presence was actually working out every detail for your future and for your life. Young people, listen to me today because, children, listen to me today because as you make a commitment to Jesus for your life and your future, I want to tell you, he will look over your life and he will make all things good and he will make all things well. It doesn't mean that we will never face any issues and problems because that's where we prove God. But it's so significant that uh, you've been asked to stay in the meeting this morning and I want to speak to you personally this morning and say to you that if you 
make your decision to follow Jesus, even today, or even just by your bed alone at night, if you give your heart to Christ and you ask him to come in, I want to tell you he will do that. You just tell him your need. You just tell him how you're feeling, what you're thinking, and, and just offload it to God. Ask him to come into you and, and be your Savior and your Lord, because I tell you, he will set you up for the best life you could ever live. Amen and amen. Isn't that wonderful? Let's just give these kids a great round of applause, and we're so proud of them today. Amen. We really, really are. We really are. And I know I'm a guest in this church, but I want to say to you, you know, you are not church tomorrow when you reach a certain age. You are the church today, and the hand of God is on you. We want you to be really shaped up and prepared to serve the Lord Jesus with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul. When you go to school and you're influenced by those who don't live like you, who don't talk like you, and you can sometimes feel you're in a really different world because you're just wanting God and wanting to live right and walk right and talk right, I want to tell you, we want you to encourage, be encouraged uh, in your and be strengthened to be able to be what God wants you to be right there in your school, standing out for Jesus because it's the best thing you can do. Be proud of it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to tell you my nickname at school from the age of 12 was Jesus. And I was proud to be able to say, I am happy to be referred to as Jesus. That's because my friends used to hear me preaching on the beach at the age of 12 and 13 and seeing people come to Jesus. Hallelujah. There's no better life worth living than serving God. You said it in your heart today. Amen. Praise God. Right. Okay. Where are we? Remember how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan, the Great Sea, and the West. And the Lord God himself will drive them out of your way. He will push them out before you, and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised. And then he again reminds the leaders. He reminds the judges. He reminds the men. And, and I'm coming in the authority of God, guys, and I'm reminding you to day uh, that this word is from heaven for us because of this fallout rate that we are seeing in the church. Men distracted, men feeling down and weary and tired and worn out because of work, because of pressure, because of stress. I want to tell you, friends, we need men of God to arise now and balance life and walk right. Don't stay up late watching TV and rubbish and nonsense. Get yourself to bed and keep right and sleep well and arise early and get in the presence of God and really serve the Lord with all your heart, with the courage and the strength that Joshua is speaking of here. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or the left. Do not associate with the, these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. I believe as I speak under a prophetic anointing this morning that the day will come when we will have to stand up and say, I will not bow down. I will not uh, go multi-faith. I will not go many roads to God. I will not compromise the knowledge of what I'm carrying in my heart. We must stand strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. No matter what the cost, we 
We have to be men who are really serving the true and living God. Somebody say hallelujah. You know, we are between 20 and 10 and 20 years on here from the distribution of the land that took place at Shiloh. This is where the tabernacle was. And Joshua purposely chose this place to remind the leaders of the holiness and the righteousness of God. And in this age where we can be pressed into compromise and pressed into become loose in our life, God is reminding them through the mouth of Joshua, stand strong and be filled with courage. And I think there's two elements to this challenge, men, that we need to respond to. Firstly, Joshua reminds them of their responsibility. Amen. Um, fellas, come on. Let's be big enough to accept the responsibility that God has placed over us as men of God. God had proved faithful in the past. Now he's asking them to continue in faithfulness in his sight, to be strong, to be very courageous. He affirms the call. He calls them to obedience from their backsliding. And sometimes we have to have a look at ourselves and see if we backslide in and press back in to the God that we love and serve. I feel God wants to challenge men in this season that we arise and take the responsibility. You know, friends, if we were to ask a godly woman, a single godly woman, what she is looking for and whether to accept a proposal in marriage to a man. A godly woman will be looking for the authority of God, the grace and the mercy and the love of God flowing through that man. She'll be looking for a man who will accept and take responsibility and live as a true man of God, as a husband, as a potential father, as a potential grandfather. Number six on the way, Robert. She might not be looking for violins, might not be looking for big meals out, not looking for candles. You'll have to come up with that as well, though. But she'll be looking for a godly, holy, a man who walks with God. Fellas, Sometimes when we've been married a long time and been with our wives, we become familiar, we're relaxed. And sometimes we need to check and make sure that we are taking the responsibility to lead our families into the ways of God. And then secondly, he asks them to renew covenant. He asks them to renew covenant with God. The events take place where Abraham first received the promise of God concerning the land. And he reminds them of the covenant of love that the Lord wants with them. He doesn't want them to live for him because of a set of rules and regulations, although it's vital. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And he challenges them to choose between the gods that they're surrounded by and the true and living God. Choose today whom you will serve. As for me, I will serve the Lord. There can be no mixing of allegiance to God and with, the go and with idols and false gods. He demanded holiness and uncompromising commitment. 
It's not unlike our day, friends. I don't know if it's less over here than on the mainland, but I would say the spiritual climate on the mainland has become so mixed, we are in danger of coming under the judgment of God. I believe some of the things that we will see on our streets are a direct result of the compromise that we have allowed to happen through the passing of laws that are totally unacceptable to God. And I come and stand on this platform and say, we must return to the Lord Jesus Christ as a people and as a nation. We must take serious our responsibility and do all we can in prayer and faith to see our nation return to God. In times of conflict, we need men of courage. In times of of war, we need men who are warriors, not men who will take a literal sword, but who will raise up the sword of prayer and the word of God and ask God to enable us to walk right and talk right and see his victory come. In times of conflict, we need men of courage, we need men of strength and men of victory. And I believe these things will be in us as we walk right with the Lord. Friend, that's my preach this morning. Coming up on the screen right now is going to come a prayer. And I'm not going to read it straight away. I want you to pause a moment in your life. Would you read this prayer? Because in a few moments, I'm going to ask you to stand. And before God... Say this prayer with me and really mean it from your heart. Now, this includes men and women, each one of us. I know I've spoken directly to the men over the last few moments, but I think the women in their spirit are saying, go on, go on, go on, because they are right behind you. Men rising up to be the men God has called us to be. And I'm pausing now. Pausing again because I think the significance of us standing in the presence of God is so real and so vital. It's a moment, Moses moment. It's a Joshua moment with God today. Many ways we've been playing at spiritual life. And yet God is so merciful. So amazing. His grace is sufficient for us. Maybe be good if we just bow our heads and close our eyes. Not asking you to lie post prostrate like Joshua or even take your shoes off, but in our hearts and minds we can do that. So we bow. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, our Father God, our Father, we pray, Father, as we make this prayer of commitment to you in the presence of the Most High, that this will be a life-transforming moment. Let it be worship. Let it be adoration. Let it be acknowledgement of our need. We've heard the challenge. We make the commitment. We accept the responsibility. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Lord, we renew our allegiance and commitment to you. Enable us by the power of your spirit to be strong and very courageous. The battle belongs to you, and you have already won the victory. May we live in obedience and bring lifelong effective service to you. May we begin right and finish well. Bring our nation back to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we accept responsibility. And we ask that you would empower us by your spirit to be full of courage, to never be gripped by fear or terror, but to stand strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you like to do one more thing with me? If there's some a man around you, would you like ladies, would you like to put your hand upon his shoulders uh, and just reach out and we're going to pray for the men? Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. If you've got two hands, put one on Clifford there. Hallelujah. Praise God. Wonderful. I don't believe there'd be a lady in this house that doesn't want to see men excelling for Jesus. Hallelujah. Excelling. Very often I find females are open and very sensitive to the things of the Spirit, and we need to just be more in tune as men and accept the full responsibility of being servants of the Most High God. This is our time. This is our day. And we want to be the best we can be for God. Father, we speak over the lives of every one of the men in this building and the boys, Lord. We claim them for you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we accept full responsibility, the inheritance as sons of the Most High God. We pray, Lord Jesus, that there will come a fire upon these men. Uh, they will be so sold out for you that there will be a marked difference as a result of this prayer that we've prayed in your presence together. And now that as we lay our hands upon these men, we pray for strength, we pray for courage, we pray for determination. We ask for your authority and your boldness to be upon these men in this house. We pray for a new day in their hearts 
hearts, Lord, that they would be so gripped by the calling and they would be so compelled to serve you. It will absolutely fill their hearts and consume their minds just to serve you with all of their hearts, with all of their strength, with all of their might in the name of Jesus. Lord, we commit them to you. We pray in this generation you will raise up men who are so sold out for you. We pray you will turn this fallout rate around that the men would begin to flock to the house of God and they would stand and they would take the position that you've called them to take. Put a full expression of your character, your nature in them. May they really reflect you with all of their heart in the name of Jesus. We bless them with freedom, with joy and liberty. We bless them with being able to more, be more expressive from their hearts and minds in the name of Jesus. We dedicate them, Lord, to your service. Put a new anointing upon them as a result of this day in the name of Jesus, we pray. And the people of God said, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Friends, thank you for your patience this morning. You've been so good to me and so gracious. And tonight I will be preaching a, a message that I would want everyone to hear. You know, don't think because I'm going to preach the gospel, you've heard it all before. You're going to listen. There's some things in here I just want to drop into your spirit. We will allow the Spirit of God to come uh, with, with no restriction and restraint. We'll just allow the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon us tonight. And the word of God will come forth. And all things that God has purpose for tonight will be discharged and completed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information www.mpc.org.uk